Welcome to Let's Talk Social Work. I'm Andy McLenahan, and this is a really special episode because today we're doing something new. I'm interviewing Nana Akwazi Yabi Hagen and Robert Dyer, the hosts of the Social Worker and the Mentor podcast. This episode is going out not only on Let's Talk Social Work, but also The Social Worker and The Mentor. So if you're a regular listener to Let's Talk Social Work and you like what you hear today, check out Nana and Robert's content on Spotify and YouTube. And if you listen to The Social Worker and The Mentor and you enjoy our conversation, why not have a listen to Let's Talk Social Work? You'll find us on all major podcast platforms. Nana, Robert, it's a joy to have you here. It's been a long time coming because we've been talking about doing this for ages. Various reasons, it's, it's taken a while, it's been delayed, but you're here. Welcome, Nana, how are you doing? Yeah, bro, Andy, it's been a minute, you know. I mean, like I said, I'm really, really happy to be, you know, on this platform, you know, with my bro, Robert. Yeah, but I've been all right, you know. I've been good. good. I've been good. I've been all right. Good. I've been chilled. Yeah, I've been fine, man. Good, good, good. Thanks. Thank you for being patient. The delays were not caused by Robert or Nana. It was all down to... <laughs> it was all at my end. Uh, Robert, how are you doing? Are you well? I'm not too bad. Thank you. All good. Um, I was just thinking, um, was it last year that, that we... Um, was it last summer that we spoke? My I think course. it was, you know. It's been, so it's been a minute. With plans for September, I remember we spoke in September. I think I got COVID once. I had COVID again two weeks ago. It was a third time. So I'm glad this is happening. Yeah, but it's been a while. It's been a while. But you know, uh, good things come to those who wait and all that, Robert. You know? 100%. 100%. Yeah. How was your day? What were you doing today? Oh, gosh. Oh, all right. So um, this may be a conversation for another day, but um, one of my young people was homeless. And um, I was venting to Nana today about about the system in some local authorities that if you're not in care or you're not part of the system, you know, they don't really help the young people find placements. Um, so yeah, a little bit of a frustrating day for me today, to be honest with you. But um, apart from that, all good, all good, all good. Okay. You, you blew it off in the gym. Oh yeah. 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 Went to the gym. Yeah. Went to the gym. Um, part of the world being a mental health, looking after one and everything. So um, yeah, enjoy the gym and everything. Yeah. What do you do in the gym? Do you lift? What's your thing? Yeah, I'm a bit strong, so um, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, like squats, pushing weights. Um, to be honest with you, um, I used to hate cardio, but I love cardio now. I really like it now. I like I like rowing, so um, okay. yeah, I find it quite therapeutic. Awesome, Nana. What about you? How was your day? Yeah, my day was good. To be honest, um, you know, just obviously signing off a lot of assessments. I'm in court a lot this week. You know, I'm in court Tuesday, Wednesday. On Friday, but I started up. I went to gym this morning. I love going to gym. Going to gym at like half five to six thirty. Wow! Hitting them weights. Yeah, man. Just start yeah, my yeah, day yeah, off yeah. just well, yeah. isn't it? I don't go to the gym. I have started about in the last six months. I started doing jujitsu, which oh, has wicked. been yeah. It's been an absolute kind of revelation. Um, I wish I started ten years ago. Um, it's the greatest thing in terms of like just getting that, getting a bit of aggression out, but discipline. And mm, um, yeah, learning, challenging yourself. I find it hard. I, I'm not naturally brilliant at it, but uh, it's really fun. Uh, and it's a sort of, it's a different sort of sort of exercise. It's different from gym. It's different from going for a run. It's kind of wrestling someone on the ground. It's a different mm. thing altogether, you know. Um, but it's yeah, it's great. It's great. Um, right. Anyway, so let's move on to the important stuff. I want to know. Well, I want our listeners to know about Nana and Robert. So uh, everyone who listens to Social Worker and a Mentor and the Mentor will know all about you guys. But for listeners to Let's Talk Social Work who don't know about your podcast, I want to know about your professional background. One of you is a social worker. One of you is a mentor. Tell us who is who. So I'm a, a social worker. Um, I've been a qualified social worker for 
10 years. Um, yeah, very, very, very long time. I started at a very young age, um, at the age of 21. Um, I've worked in two local authorities. Um, I'm currently a team manager of a frontline child protection team. I'm also a practice educator of five years. I'm also an ASYE assessor of five years as well. Uh, I'm also a part-time lecturer as well. People don't know that as well, but yeah. Where, where, where are you lecturing? Where are you lecturing? So I lecture part-time at uh, London Met University. Yeah, that's how I lecture part-time. Um, but I'm also a guest lecturer as well. So I do go to um, other universities um, to speak to to students. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot, Andy. It's, it's, it's a lot of stuff, but I really enjoy um, I really enjoy what I do. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I love it, to be honest with you. I love giving back. Um, but yeah, that's me. Very much seasoned social worker. Amazing, amazing. So, Nana's a social worker. Robert, you are the mentor. Tell us about yourself. Yeah, I think people... Um, I'm actually a bit more than a mentor. So um, sometimes I don't even know what to call myself, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, I am a mentor. Um, I work across quite a few different sectors, inclusion channel prevent, education, probation, youth offending. Um, so, yeah, it's quite a lot of um, things that I do um, all in one. But um, so, yeah, I would say I'm a man of many trades. Um, I, I'm actually, to a degree, I would say an unqualified social worker because I practically do everything that a social worker does. Um, but then, um, you know, I do work quite a lot with um, youth offending. Um, and, um, yeah. Um, I also do a little bit of work for the home office. Um, okay. So, yeah, um, I enjoy what I do. Um, it can be very demanding. Um, yeah, very, very demanding. And, um, and yeah, I enjoy it. I enjoy giving back. I enjoy making a change in, you know, these vulnerable young families and young people's lives. And, um, yeah, it's a necessity for me. So um, I enjoy what I do, yeah. And something I want to talk to you guys about later is, well, I'm gonna, we're going to talk about what you've learned from each other, but something I'm keen to talk about later is how you feel young people uh, react to, Robert, your role as a mentor vis-a-vis -vis, uh, Nana's role as a social worker and whether there's differences there. But we'll get on to that because I want to talk about the podcast. I want to talk about why you started. When did you start and why did you start it? All right, shall I go? Yeah, bro, kick it off, man. All right, so... um. All right. So originally I had a, I had my own podcast. It was called Let's Talk with the Mohawk. And um, so I always had the concept of um, talking to people, you know, in our sector. But during COVID, what was quite alarming to me was um, there was a lot of professionals that had a voice, but wasn't being heard. And um, I thought, oh, um, something's missing. Um, you know, during COVID, as we know, everyone was starting a podcast. There were football podcasts, relationships. Um... Guilty, guilty. <laughs> That's one of that song, social work stories. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was a lot. But um, one thing about me, that's part of my personality. Um, I like being organic. I like being fresh. I like being original. I like, I like to do things that's not been done or hasn't been done. And I thought, do you know what, yeah, there's a gap in the market. But how, how can I execute it? So I thought, okay. I more or less represent probation, education, maybe early years. And I thought um, when I did it, something was missing, but I wasn't quite sure. Anyway, at the time now, me and Anna would talk most evenings about work. Um, and you're probably thinking, right, what, not, not about football or anything else. But we were literally just talking about work. And 
we would have quite in-depth three to four hour conversations, literally about work, um, cases, how we feel, good day, bad day, um, you know, practices, good practice, bad practice. And I thought, hang on a minute. <laughs> Nana, Nana would actually be a good fit. So um, uh, I asked him and he wasn't sure. He was like, ooh and an arm. And he's like, oh, I don't know. I've never done it before. I go, nah, you'll be great. You'll be great. You'll be great. But I think one of the things I wanted to like uh, get across to Nana was that um, it's not just a social worker or an education podcast. It's for, it's a voice for professionals who we work with. So whether it's the care system, probation, mm-hmm. social care, CAMS, NHS, um, different charities, um, the foster system, you know, mm-hmm. for me, we all work together under the same umbrella or a different umbrella, but we all work with each other. So it's about having a voice. And, um, Mm-hmm. that's how it started and then um nana came to the studio oh my god wow <laughs> wow 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 this is the studio with the red sofas yeah yeah, yeah. wow yeah, okay <laughs> listen what i mean <laughs> listen mm-hmm. he was doing press-ups he was nervous he was drinking water he's like i'm okay he was so nervous he was making me laugh but nana's a natural he's a natural i, I i've seen episode one it doesn't look no you don't look stressed out at all no yeah. you would never think so but um he's great he's fantastic and um i think we have great chemistry but more importantly i think we respect each other as professionals and we also have a brotherhood and i think when you've got them two it connects and um it's been great so were, were you friends before i mean were you friends before your professions or did you meet through work yeah we met through work okay yeah okay, <laughs> <Nana. laughs> yeah i mean andy to be honest with you i mean like when robert said do a podcast I was like, what am i talking about what me social worker be on a podcast and andy honestly i was really really nervous because as robert said i mean when you look at podcasts about football and relationships, I think I was reserved because I felt being a social worker and the job that I do, there's many criticisms with it. So being a social worker and doing a podcast, I'm putting myself out there to the world. And um, I was very kind of worried about the backlash potentially I would get. But obviously, like me, like Robert's my big brother. You know what I'm saying? Like Robert's been my big brother like, like 20, 2017. You know what I'm saying? So Robert's my big brother and he just gave me advice. He said, listen, Nana, you know what? Like, we can, you, you can do it. You'll be fine. And when I got there, I was very, very nervous. Very, very nervous. I said, Robert, what if I make a mistake? What if he's like, listen, you'll be fine. And yeah, I got in there and it was just so natural, honestly. I couldn't wait back to get back again and do the yes, next episode, yes. literally. I was, I was so gassed. I was so, I was so, so gassed. But then it, it made me really think about this job and about actually who is going to be the voice for social work and who's going to do it in a way that is different you know and I know we're going to talk about it later on but one of the gaps in the market was that you don't really see black brothers like me and Rob black male professionals doing these kind of podcasts you see them maybe doing football or something else so I was kind of saying to Rob you know what it's going to be an opportunity for us to actually represent but also for people to see us in a professional setting. And I think what's great about it is the fact that you have got me as a social worker and Rob, who's a mentor, who represents education. So we're able to branch out and reach all the professionals on the different umbrellas that we actually work with on a day-to-day basis. So 
you know, that's been the basis of it. And, you know, it's, it's been fantastic. And like I said, Rob is, Rob's a natural as well. Like, we're very authentic. It's, it's, it's amazing, honestly. It really is an amazing podcast, honestly. It really is. I want to talk about that now because we've talked about, uh, you and I, Nana, have talked in the past about the importance of promoting black excellence in social work uh, and society more widely. So what, what role do you see the podcast having in, in relation to that goal? I think, Andy, it's about diversifying what it means in social work and education and also being a professional. Because, I mean, one thing about the social work profession is that there's not really a lot of men in social work, but there's not a lot of black men in social work. And I think when me and Rob actually first met, I mean, one of the cases that we, me and him worked, um, the reason why we got on is because Rob said, you know what? This guy, yeah, he's not a typical, he's mandem. He's not a typical social worker. And the kind of cases that we had, you needed to kind of be a certain kind of way. So for me, it was about diversifying the landscape within the social profession and also education. And for people to actually get a message that is very much raw, not as corporate, but also authentic. And that's what the podcast is also about, that we want to educate people but we want to do it in a way that's not really corporate. And it's the voice that me and Rob have, have that we reach out to everybody, which is why a lot of people are, tu- are tuning in. So we want to diversify, change the landscape. And also we want to be able to get senior leaders across all those kind of social care departments and professional networks to actually start tuning in to actually, this is kind of the reality of what professionals are dealing with on a day-to-day basis. And I'm just in terms of the episodes you're covering, I'm just looking at your YouTube page now. So the last episode was number 26. It was the police service, 25 early intervention, the importance of catching it early. You were talking about strikes and union action in episode 24. But you, you, and you, you tell me, what, what are the issues you're covering? And also tell us what your favourite episode so far has been. Yeah, for me, one of the episodes that I've enjoyed, um, I enjoyed the strikes episode because you know why? Because that's where me and Rob clash. Because to be honest with you, Normally, when people see me and Rob, they always see us like we're agreeing with each other. But that was a, a big episode where, because Andy, I'll be honest with you, me and Rob have been clashing about the strikes for for weeks. So, right, I haven't, I hold up my hands. I haven't seen that episode. Tell us what was the clash. Yeah, so what it was, it was that because of the current climate in terms of how everything is, everyone's striking, like the social, um, what do you call it? Um, doctors, nurses, mm-hmm. Educate professionals are striking. So only social workers who are not striking. And I was trying to say to Rob that he needs to understand that th- there's, a, there's a big dilemma for social workers to go and strike. Particularly if you work with children. It's about if you walk out and leave and something happens to children. I thought he wasn't getting it because he was saying, listen, Nana, I get that. But it's about working conditions. People are striking about their working conditions. And he made a good point about, you know, the ambulance service there's people out there who were dying, you know, life or death. They're still walking out and striking. So if the ambulance service who deal with life and death can strike, social workers, yes, you deal with high-risk cases, you should actually walk out and strike because actually it's about your working conditions because if your working conditions are not good for you, how can you give a good service out to the families you work if you're not 100%? But we openly clashed on that episode and it was, it was healthy. It was good because I'm saying, no, no, we can't do that, Rob, because of the children and families. He's like, listen... You lot have high caseloads, your pay is low. Now you you don't need to be striking. Mm. So I really enjoyed it. It's the first time people have seen me and Rob just clash, honestly. It's it's really healthy to be able to disagree and disagree well. It's something we've talked about in previous episodes. Robert, what about you? What's your favourite? 
that was actually one of my favorites, and I'll tell you the reason why. Um, and just you won? Like, did you win? Did you win the argument? Is that well, well, I, I think I won, and and, and, <laughs> I, and, and, and I think my point was proven as well because I kept it on working conditions. You know, um, I'm a bit of a rebel, and what I mean by that, I'm a bit of a rebel in, you know, what do we stand for as professionals? You know, um, I asked Nana several times, and I asked many social workers. What is your who is who's your union? What are they doing? Who's the main guy? How are they supporting you? Who's standing up for you guys? Because as we know, when it comes to teachers, the teachers' union is absolutely fantastic, right? The teachers' unions they have every teacher's back, right? Now, when it comes to social workers, who I know do a fantastic amount of work on a day-to-day basis, but for me, if you're a social worker and you're getting 29 to to 45 cases that's you can't perform at the highest level so for me who is standing up for you guys and saying listen we can't continue to have a high turnover of staff leaving local authority or staff going sick and we need someone to stand up for us so i try to explain to nana the ambulance service the drivers they're striking when you ring 999 and billy's fallen down the steps and he might have broken his ankle or fractured his arm they can't come. Well, they're going to come, but it's going to be limited stuff. Billy might have to wait an extra hour and a half. So what I was saying to Nana, you guys are always going to be in the same predicament. Staff turnovers, staff being sick, if nothing doesn't get done. So um, it was really healthy conversation. I mean, it was a healthy debate and um, I enjoyed it, man. And um, I'm going to check it out. For anyone listening who hasn't seen it or listened, it's number 24 mm. in your series. So listen, you'd, uh, Nana, you'd been talking earlier about the style. You talked about doing something... I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think you were talking about authenticity. Um, now, in terms of, yeah, the style, it's very chatty. It's it's exactly like what's happening now. But have you come into any criticism for the way you are um, addressing issues? Have you come into any criticism for, like, the language you use in dialect? Has that happened? Yeah. Do you know, Andy, when me and Rob did our earlier episodes, because obviously we also put our content out on TikTok, and somebody made a comment about how they felt that myself and Rob were very unprofessional because of uh, how we speak, um, you know, and our approach to our podcast. Um, and, you know, straight away, like me and Rob, like we don't business anyway. So Rob just straight clapped back at them. I'm so happy that I did to go and say that, you know, our podcast is authentic. Yeah. Me and Rob are both Londoners. We're both from the ends. This is this is who we are. That doesn't mean to go and say that we we lack a bit of education um, or we lack knowledge. No, um, you're you're a lecturer. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But Andy, tell t- tell them, Andy, tell them, run that again because they need they need to know this because that that's the point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah um, that was well, the point. Well, so, in terms of in terms of that criticism, so if you're being criticised for what is essentially your community background, your culture, yeah. how does that affect you? Let, well, I mean, be, and, let, and let's be real about it. Let's, you know, if it does it hurt you, is it difficult to take? No, nah, no. Nah, you know? do, do you know what? Do you know what? Do you know what, Andy? I, I'll, I'll be real, yeah. Me and Rob, we spoke about this all the time, yeah. And we actually said, listen, what we, and I'm just going to say how it is. We know it's two black brothers doing a podcast, yeah. So we already know people have this view about us that you guys are, te- are stereotypical and you're trying to pigeonhole me and Rob. That's not going to run. At the end of the day, I'm a social worker 10 years deep. I'm a team manager. I'm an associate lecturer. Yeah. I'm a press educator. Yeah. So I know, I know the thing. Rob is a child counsellor. He's an SEN. People don't know this. He's an SEN lead. He's a youth worker. 
Yeah, he's a man of professional hats, but people just see it's two black men and you think that we can't articulate ourselves in a certain way when doing a podcast. We, me and Rob are very much real when we do our podcast. Yeah, we know our background. We know where we come from. Yeah, you can't pigeonhole us when we're speaking. So when Andy, that happened, straight away, Rob's like, no, no, you know what? Now we're, we're clapping back. We're clapping straight back at them. And he did that. And somebody in the comments made it, said the point that, you know, it's two black men doing it. That's why you've gone and said that, you know? Yeah, and yeah. The, so the question would be, if it was two white guys speaking in the way that you're speaking, would there be criticism? Because I suppose somebody somebody could say they're criticizing, it's it's class-based criticism. Mm. Do you see it as class-based or do you see it primarily or solely as, no. as, as race-based? No, oh, do, do you know what, right? Yeah, all right, I'll give you a prime example. All right, so... um. I've got a lot of family from East London. Now, if you think of East London, it's very cottonified, you know. You're right, mate. You're right, geezer. You know, they, they talk a certain lingo, whatever, whatnot. But let's keep it real. The majority of London talk a little bit of street lingo or a little bit of cottony. You know, London is so um, uh, multicultural now, you know. Um, you know, it's, for me, it's, we have to keep up with the times, you know. We have to update what's going on in terms of um, our profession and you know, working with the young people. Um, going to back what going to back what Nana said about um, uh, the powers above. For me, what it was is um, I wanted to like, well, we wanted to like create a voice for professionals. Now, what it is, if you maybe look at myself, or you maybe look at Nana, you're thinking, oh, they look a, they might be like a little bit of a stereotype. Okay, yeah, but. One of the things that um, I suppose I love to a degree is that people think we're not educated. And I think what it was sometimes people think, oh, they might mention um, uh, a family's name or a borough or they might, they might mention a case. But hang on a minute. No, I'm 15 years deep in, in, in education. I'm a seasoned, seasoned, seasoned professional. Yeah. There's nothing I don't know, you know. And um I love it, but I, I do love it at the same time as well. But at the same time as well, you know, as I said to Nana, you know, we've got to make sure that we protect ourselves. So, which is why at the beginning of every podcast, you see um, the disclaimer, you know, that we're not mentioning any families, any young person's names, you know, we, there's data protection, there's uh, child protection, et cetera, et cetera. So we make sure that we cover ourselves because as you know, um, the media and um, social media can be very fickle and very... Not too nice at times, yeah. We are actually planning to make an episode in, in the next couple of months about social work perceptions in the media. Um, something I've been looking forward to doing for a long time. Um, Nana, something that you've uh, just, not on the podcast, but in relation to your TikToks, because you're very active on TikTok, TikTok, sorry, um, you've been particularly unguarded in some of the language you've been using recently on TikTok in terms of criticising the government. So, you know, when you're using the sort of language that you have been, I suppose you run the risk of giving your opponents the opportunity to, to discredit you. You know, say that guy, mm. he's not a serious guy because he's using language, which yeah. is, let's be honest, some of it is a bit coarse. Um, with that in mind, do you not see it as a bit self-defeating when you are as articulate and as educated as you are to be using that sort of language on your TikToks? Um, to be honest with you, I don't. Because one thing about me is that when I need to get corporate, I can. When I need to get street, I will. And I think with the government, the issue that you've got at the moment is that there is a big gap between the government and those who are working on the ground. I wasn't too pleased about, um, and I'm going to call her out anyway because I did, about what Rishi Sunak said. 
and Mick and Flip Drummond said about social workers in the pandemic, I felt it was a big slap in, in the face because I was one of those social workers who was out seeing children before they even brought in PPE. So what I'm saying for me is that sometimes, Andy, you have to obviously move the goalposts and go beyond your boundaries and rattle them. They might think, yeah, this guy's talking slang. He doesn't know what he's talking about. But rest assured, when I've got you on a one-to-one, I will tell you and talk and talk up, talk it up. I will tell you the thing to your face. So for me, opponents may come and discredit me and go and say, actually, you're talking a certain way and talk a certain language. Yeah, I can. I know when to switch it up. I know when to switch it off. But I think sometimes the reason why I call it out the way it is, is because I think sometimes being as authentic as we are, you need to rattle those at the top. Because I think a lot of social workers, and with the podcast, Andy, a lot of social workers may not have the confidence as I have to be able to be as brazen to to call it to call it out. I don't mind saying a spade's a spade. On that though, Nana, I mean, it always brings back that quote. It's a Desmond Tutu quote. Uh, now, it's not directly relevant because I'm not suggesting you have raised your voice, but the quote is, don't raise your voice, improve your arguments. And I suppose I suppose calling someone a dickhead isn't really improving your arguments. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, calling someone a dickhead wouldn't actually really improve your argument. But when I've criticised the government, what I've actually gone and said um, is that I've called out their knowledge. So when I called out Flip Drummond, if you, the TikTok, I actually went and said, you haven't got the faintest idea about child protection. You didn't even come to ask social workers um, in the pandemic what, what they were doing. You just made a blanket statement to go and say that, you know what, social workers were sitting sitting at home um, during the pandemic. I was out there. I was out there doing visits and seeing, and, and, and seeing, and seeing children. You know, no one went and clapped for social workers. Everyone clapped for the NHS colleagues, as they should. Did anyone clap for the social workers? We were still out seeing children, you know, and we were still doing Dorset visits. You're going to come out here and come and call out social workers, even Rishi Sunak. And there's a big, there's a big difference and big gap between number 10 and social workers who were out on the ground working in local authority and seeing, and seeing children. Big, big gap. So for me, I, I got to admit, Andy, I was deeply offended. That's why I clapped back the way I did. And, and if the government did that again, I'll clap back again even, even more. Do the same thing. Yeah, I think what it is, Andy, as well. Um, and this is another reason why I want to start the podcast. And also, um, you know, I work with a lot of social workers. And um, very often, I have many that I work with. They might cry in my car or, you know, they can't handle their caseload or, you know, they're struggling with cases or a particular family, whatever, whatnot. But one of the things I really, really noticed the last 12 months is... A social worker's reputation is not a great reputation. If you look in the media, they're not labelled as... It's not great, you know. They very much look at as... <laughs> so me and Anna got a saying, you know, if you think of a social worker, they say, oh, you're a social worker, oh, yuck. You know, it's almost like there's a distaste or a disgust about um, a social worker. In the, in the media or in the community, oh, you took our child. So what it is now, as I said to Nana... We have to inform the community and we have to inform people on our podcast. There is a, you know, you can't just take someone's child, you know, there's, there's very much a process and a long process in how it actually works. So um, for me as well, um, I mean, even like Nana, Nana started a petition and I was actually gobsmacked that the lack of um, urgency, even from fellow, um, you know, maybe social workers and the media at the lack of urgency of the small numbers. 
on the petition that's about violence done against social workers isn't that right yeah yeah andy it is and, and like i said andy you know i mean when you've you know like i said i went into job very very young yeah and you know i just feel that at times particularly even what the government said it really it's like it really kind of undermines all the years i've put in to go and say what to say what they said so that's the reason why i took that swipe and you know, I'm very active in highlighting other things because also being a podcast as well is I'm trying to also be a voice for social and educate people about what we do. Because mm-hmm. as Robert said, the media coverage of social workers is very, very negative. And, you know, a lot of social workers and across the country, across the UK, they watch the Social Worker and the Mentor podcast. They do. We've had messages from social workers, um, you know, and educated professionals who said, Nana, you know what? Thank you so much for what you do on your podcast. Because actually, what this episode, what you've discussed, you're talking on my behalf. You're to, actually talking for me. Some social workers, Andy, are not comfortable enough to do the podcast. So I feel as though it's important for me to represent um, my, prof- my profession. So if anybody's coming to undermine what we do, including the government, I am going to respond to you and clap back at you. And it is quite, it is very, very insulting when you hear government ministers who speak without any knowledge, and I really hope you listen to this episode, who speak without any knowledge to go and say social workers um, ignore sexual abuse, don't go and see children. I think it's a total disrespect. Mm. It's, a, it's a total disrespect. That's why I, ca- I clapped back at Sunak and I clapped back at, at, at Mion Valley. Because she went on radio and said what she said. Mm. So I'm saying what I'm saying on this podcast. You don't have any knowledge of child protection. So you do need to keep your mouth closed. And if you want to know what social workers do, go and talk to Isabella Trowler. Go ask her what social workers do. Or why don't you go to local authorities across the UK and go and speak to social workers and ask them what they do. Or ask them about what they were doing during the pandemic. Mm. You know, Andy, like, I want to go a bit deeper. I got sick of COVID, you know. In the pandemic, in January 2020, till March 2020, yeah. So I was really, really sick. I was out for about eight weeks. But then I went back straight into work. You know, I went to go and see uh, um, children. I did doorstep visits. I I didn't have any PPE. I didn't have have any gloves or anything. I used my mum's scarf and my kitchen gloves to go out and do, to do, um, to do visits. You know, so what I'm saying is that the rhetoric of what the government said about social workers is very, very dangerous, particularly as a profession where we're already so, 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 so damaged and we're very, very vulnerable at the moment. And so when you've got social workers who are doing podcasts and they were trying to represent social workers and are trying to actually, you know what, this is not actually what we do. This is the processes. Then you've got the powers that be talking out their backside, saying that you guys are are not doing anything. Mm. And it's like, you guys can chill in number 10. But if I ask a prime minister, come with me to go and do a home visit, you'll be, you, you, you'll be saying no. Mm. So if you don't have any knowledge of the social profession, just shut up and don't say anything or ask. Once again, there are no respect levels. <clears throat> I work with many young people and overall, they'll tell you their social worker is not respected. But the thing is, why is that? And then the thing is, if the government don't, you know, show the respect levels to social care because it's very much like um, onto the next one, onto the next one, onto the next one, and it's almost like um, it's you're just a number, and you know um, 
Number five will survive for five weeks. Oh, we'll replace it with number seven next week. So um, it is quite bad. And um, it's, like, it's quite concerning as well. It's quite worrying, you know. So because uh, I worry about the well-being and them not being able to, like, still provide the high level of work that they can do with the much with the many caseloads as well. But, um, yeah, it does start from the top. And um, the government, unfortunately, um, and the powers that be in local authorities, they're not really fighting for, you know, their workers, all their social workers, yeah. In terms of the authenticity, which we've been talking about in terms of your style, um, and I'm guessing you take that into your, your professional work as well. Um, in terms of building a rapport with young people, how important is that, you know, to be oh. able to sp speak with them in a way that that is, you know, what would you say, is honest, which is familiar, familiar to Do you know, yeah. All right. So <clears throat> this is where I suppose my role and Nana's roles are sort of like, um, they're quite separate to a degree. Um, I think with my cases, I could spend a lot of time with my cases, you know, a good amount of time with my cases. I think with a social worker, they can spend a lot of time with their cases, but they've got so much caseloads, they can't always dedicate that time to that one person for, you know, multiple times of the week, like they would like to. Now, I also have that as well, but I suppose in my role, what is a role of a mentor? Yeah. A mentor is the guide to teach, um, you know, to tell the young person when they're going wrong, you know, you're wrong, um, to lead them, you know, to help them, to nurture them. You know, um, uh, if they're a young man, you know, you want to nurture and help this young man be the best man that he can be. If they're a young female, you want to try and get her the right support and guidance that she needs as well. Um, and language, as I said before, we live in a world right now, especially in the last five years, you have to keep up with what's going on in the world. And, you know, um, example, I work with a lot of Somalian, Bengali, Muslim. So I've got to think about their culture, where they're from, their background. And I've got to think, for so example, it's Ramadan right now. You know, um, it's important for me as a professional to learn about that. What is Eid? What is Ramadan? Why do they celebrate it? You know, um, why is it important to Muslim faith? So it's very, very important about being knowledgeable and up to date with lingo, even music. You know, sometimes you might listen to like a grime artist or a drill artist and it starts a conversation with a young with a young person. So they might say, um, oh, you know, abracadabra. Oh, sir, you know, abracadabra. Mm. And then it starts from there and everything. So it's about being up to date and keeping up with the times. And I think it is a necessity in terms of really building that rapport and that relationship with the young people. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree um, with Rob, because you mentioned, Andy, a good point about the style. And I've been very open and about how, how um, you need to have a different kind of... I, I've, I've already called it already. I, I, you know, it's something I'm the, I'm, I've written about a piece um, that is going to come out soon. Street social work you know, street social work practice model. Because what I've understood, particularly in our line of work, is that you've got the corporate side and you've got the street side. And I think Rob made a very, very good point in terms of how young people and people actually perceive um, social workers. So I remember me and Rob worked with a young person and the young person's previous social worker was, was amazing, worked in my team. But the young person saw the social worker, I don't know if you've seen episode one, and he just, 
he saw the social worker and he said, oh, you're wet, you're this, you're this, you're this, you're this, you're this. But he liked robbing it because Rob was cool. And then when I met with a young person, he met with, because Rob's cool, isn't it? Because literally where we Rob work. Is, Rob is cool, yes. Rob is cool. <laughs> like, you know, where we, where we used to work, like all the young people like, where's Rob, where's Rob, where's Rob? So when they think of a social worker, they're not thinking of someone who's up to date mm. or knows the ends or knows music. So when I met with a young person now, yeah, and I met him, I spoke to him. I was like, listen, bro, come on. And he was like, oh, my social worker, you're calm, you know? So it makes a big difference in terms of how you are. Because you can be that one person who changes how young people view um, social workers. Because even that young person, Rob's still in contact with him. He's like, oh, how's Nana? He's like, yeah, Nana's good, you know? You know what I mean? So all those things, Andy, make a big difference. And that's the reason why I practiced in a different way um, how I've been as a social worker, how I am as a manager. I bring a lot of my personality, how I am, you know, how I am with like friends, family, but also knowing the roles, knowing the streets. I bring that a lot into, you know, being a social worker, but also being a manager because I think it's very, very important because I think social work doesn't need to change. And through the podcast, I'm trying to, get social work to evolve and be up to date with what's going on. Why do you think, it's something we touched on briefly earlier, but why do you think there's so few men in social work? Because one, Robert said it, I don't think social work is very, is very respected anyway. Mm. And I think, you know, um, if men do go into kind of social care posts, a lot of men they might go into mentoring or go into yacht. Yacht is where, you know, the young people, they'll get on with a yacht worker. But when you think of a social worker, you know, it's like, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not rated. There's, there's, it's not rated. Do you know what I mean? And if, you, you know, it's not a rated profession. But brother, remember what I said yesterday? Um, all right. So if we were discussing this yesterday. Yeah. Social work is very much a female orientated industry. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Now, I don't know whether that's on purpose. Also like counselling, if you think about counselling now, it's very much a female orientated industry. Even though you, um, it probably like levels up a bit more, but you just find that I don't know whether it's the nurturing because, and I don't know whether it goes back like generations, like you know, like in the eighties or the nineties. But you know, sometimes where you might have a young offender and he has a social worker, nine times out of ten it would be a female. So it's almost like a mother figure, female figure to a degree. But now with so much CP and gang related, whatever, what now, social, social care, they, they, they're dying. We want, we want more men. We want more men. Yeah, there needs we, to be we, more we, men. We want more men now. But the thing, the thing that always confuses me with social work though, is it's the notion that it's seen as a, a feminine, feminine profession because caring is somehow something yeah. that only women do. But like the work of social workers is so stressful. It's so difficult mm. that I don't know why that's not seen more as a, a challenge that guys want to take up. You know, it's, it doesn't, that's something I find unusual. And yeah. I mean, I, I'm never wanting to sort of like, I don't think it would be helpful to brand social work as, as a macho profession because I, I think that sort of that sort of terminology yeah. just isn't helpful. But you know, caring, caring and parenting well. You know, I know it's a, in terms of corporate parenting, doing that that's that's as much the job for men as it is for women. And you know, I, I want to make it really clear because this is in absolutely no way supposed to sound in any way as a criticism of the the many you know the the, the amazing women social yeah, workers yeah. that we all work with it's just about why there are so few guys attracted into the profession and i and i think there needs to be 
I mean, I don't think we value caring as a as a as a society, yeah. um, and caring for young people in particular, where there is vulnerability and there's a need for safeguarding protection, uh, and also the the mentoring work, Robert, that you're doing. I think that is something that that men need to be involved in. Mm. Uh, and, you know, that's I mean, I mean, also, I mean, I don't know what you guys think, but um, this is just my personal opinion as well. The the other day, because I'm a bit of a thinker, Andy, and um, I'm always I'm always thinking, and um, like. If I want to be a social worker, I mean, which I can be, you know, um, but if, if I did want to be one, sometimes I ask myself, okay, how would this job be appealing to me? What would make me want to actually be a social worker? You know, um, um, who's going to sell it to Robert in such a way that Robert's going to like jump on board? But the thing is, all you keep hearing is, you know, uh, caseloads, 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 um, they're leaving, you know, they laugh for five minutes. It's, it's, it, you know, um, it comes across as very difficult, very demanding. Mm. But, but, but then it's like, if you think about youth offending, which is quite similar, we're not similar, but similar in certain ways, you almost have the lean way to sort of like, um, make it your own, mm. um, have your own input. And, you know, social work can be quite regimented. But rightly so, and needed, yeah. But it's not the red tape. The red tape. Yes, the red say, tape. Yeah, yeah. And I feel a lot of males, and especially a lot of black males as well. Yeah. Which is why you don't see them in social work. There seems to be the stigma of yeah I'm system in it. Yeah, it's a system. Yeah, you know. Um, and is that a system? So when you think of a system that has, you know, we have such. I mean, a structural racism, uh, um, institutional racism, is very much a reality in Britain, regardless of what the Sewell report yeah. says. It's been. I was reading a, um, a news article about a recent report. I think it was published last week. Um, basically, we all know the Sewell report was rubbish, as a f- former colleague has described it as the sewage report. Um, but yeah, so in terms of sorry, I'm I'm off on one. But yeah, in terms of when there is the level of institutional racism that that disadvantages black people as much as it does, then is that the barrier, Robert? Is that what you're saying? That's the barrier that will prevent uh, um, some black men getting into the profession? Yeah, so um I think there's a little bit of um a barrier. Um I mean I mean we 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 work in London. So and I'm going according to London, but I also, you know, I work quite a lot outside of the, um, London and the UK. And um, I know in London, there should be more because this is the thing for me. I mean, I think the social work qualification is a necessity and it's actually a great qualification to have. I think um, what needs to be added, um, there needs to be a combination of um, a social worker and a yacht officer together. Yeah. So it's almost like you combine the two together, right? Yeah. And you strategize your experience in the both of them. Because then you're actually creating, okay, this guy is a social worker, but he also has youth offending experience, whatever, whatnot. And it's almost like, I mean, obviously, I know social workers already have youth offending experience and everything, yeah? but it's about creating a um, that, that positive male role model, yeah? So you're creating something. And I think... <laughs> I don't like. I don't know if I should say it, but I, in fact, I'll say it. I think what puts off a lot of guys as well is the paperwork, because what it is and everything. Yeah, you know, I know me as a mentor, I'm very hands on. You know, I'm very very hands on. You know, I'm like that big brother figure. I'll give you a bollocking. Yeah, while you're not at school, the school ring me. Hang on, where are you? Oh, I'm on my way. No, you're not on your way because they they just told me that you're not there. Yeah, um, and I think um, 
it's they want to be more hands-on and i just think you're quite restricted in not spending enough time with the young people and making that change and the difference that they want to mm. and um i think also as well and um, some believe that at times that social work are not making the impact that they should be as well because of the red tape yeah, that's just my yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Robert. I want to move on. Just Well, I want to kind of stay with this theme, but I've got a question to ask you. So you've got a new project. It's called The Panel. Uh, it's a podcast as well. It features, I think there's a couple of episodes up, six black men um, from a range of different professional backgrounds. Uh, and, you know, we've talked about the importance of promoting black excellence and positive role models. But I have to ask you, all the participants are men, you know. So is there not a need to promote black women's voices as well? It's oh, coming, oh, the, oh, there is. It's coming, bro. It's coming, It's coming, Andy. It's coming. Oh, it's coming, oh. Coming, coming, coming. There's a lot going on, Andy. Yeah. We recently, Andy, did students. Like, Andy, you know one thing about the panel? Because you know what? The panel, I got my own life. Um, It was Rob's like, Rob's like, man, you know what? You know professionals? When we do a professionals meeting, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine if we did an offset of it. Like, call it something like the panel, innit? I was like, it's good idea, you know? And then what is Andy like? He he literally did the logo. I was like, Rob, you know what? That's a one, you know, like literally just, I don't know what he did. He just, it, it's so simple, Andy, but he just mm. did the logo. And you know what? It's like, when we did our first two episodes, oh, it got so much traction. Mm. But Andy, like I said, you're right. There needs to be black women's voices, but we're going to make it diverse. So the last, the most episodes are going to come out soon. I want to get social work students on board because they're the next generation. So we got social work students. You know, that, like, it's, we, risky. We, it's risky. You get social work students and they'll be even cooler than you guys. So that's yeah, 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 yeah. Honestly, yeah. honestly, yeah. Because it's an offset, Andy, of what we're doing because we want to try and diversify it. Andy, we've got so many guests. Andy, yeah, Andy, I, I, I can't coming, tell you the guests we got. You know, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Okay, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. That's that's brilliant. That's brilliant. And that's also it's it's the same YouTube channel, isn't it? As as social worker in the yeah, yeah. yeah. Great. Listen, guys, we are kind of coming up to time, but I've got a question I want to ask you before we finish. Um, Nana, you're a social worker. Robert, you're a youth worker. But what I want to know is what have you learned from each other? What's the most important thing you've learned from each other in making this podcast that you didn't know before you started? And then what is the most important thing social work could learn from youth work and vice versa? What can youth work learn from social work? I'm going to ask Robert first. So the, what, what have you learned from Nana? Uh, there better be something. It's going to be really awkward if there's nothing. Um, what have I learned from Nana? Um... I love his variation of professionalism, which is needed nowadays. Um, the world is changing, times are changing. Um, I believe at times uh, local authority ways are very much outdated in, in the dinosaur ages. And um, I love the fact that he, you know, he, he finds different strategies and different ways to, you know, um, help the young people and the families. And also he's a great team leader as well. And also understanding the world of a social worker. And I think um, for me as an education professional, and I think that's what we started the podcast mm -hmm. is to mm -hmm. understand that this is what these guys go through. You know, we're all going through a bit of a crappy time right now. And it's about understanding what each other is going through. And, um, you know, teachers go through a crappy time. You might be a probation officer. You might be um, in camp. You might be a nurse. We all need to understand and have empathy and understand that this is what I'm going through. And, if we understand what each other's going through, then we can help each other a little bit more. Brilliant. Nana, what do you reckon? So in terms of Rob, one of the things I've learned about learned from Rob is that authenticity is actually a great thing. Mm. Being dynamic 
is a great thing as well. And in terms of Rob's experience, I think Rob is a man of many professional hats and he's taught me to not be so boxed in um, because, you know, he is a social worker and a mentor. And at times I used to think, oh, let's, okay, make it social work. And, and it's not. It is about broadening your range and being dynamic. Um, and Rob's given me a lot of... Um, experience as well in terms of his professional background coming from youth offending um SEN um you know and and just new ways of thinking um you know so I actually learn um a lot um from Rob and also the one thing um I have learned from right now it's always in my head he always says this he always says all the time he's like Nano strategize <laughs> strategize and he's right as a team manager strategize he always says to me, Nano okay when you're gonna do something strategize so yeah. like think long term it's not a sprint and i love that yeah mm. awesome well listen guys i have absolutely loved talking to you it's been brilliant there's more stuff we could talk about but i think we got to wrap um it's been brilliant thanks for coming on let's talk social work and anyone who's listened to this on social worker and the mentor please check out let's talk social work everyone who's listened to this on let's talk social work do check out nana and rob's content it's brilliant thanks guys thanks a lot andy much appreciated and we'll catch up soon thanks andy take care man thank you man